This is the best of the week on Relevant Radio. I got an email from a listener named Gary, a very faithful listener. He did say this, Hi, Kale, we love your program. I know we as Catholics don't believe in reincarnation, but, but I've read that it was simply removed from our belief system during the Council of Nicaea. Is that true? And what about those who refer to the new Adam as evidence? Okay, Gary, thank you for your question. That's now some people might say, "What are you? What are you talking about, Gary?" The, believe it or not, this is a thing. Some people believe that the Catholic Church taught reincarnation prior to the Council of Nicaea. I'll tell you about that in just a second. Where that where that idea comes from. But uh, with respect to your second question, the new Adam. Now, in in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is referred to as the second Adam or the new Adam by St. Paul because he succeeds in every way that the first Adam failed. So this does not mean that the original Adam was somehow reincarnated as Jesus. No, no, no. This is what what is called typology, okay? God writes the world the way human beings write with words. If you're reading a, a mystery novel, perhaps Sherlock Holmes or Agatha Christie or something like that, there's this technique of foreshadowing that authors sometimes use. Well, when God writes the history of the world, just like a, a mystery writer might want to tip you off to something that's going to happen in the future, who done it? It was the butler with a candlestick in the library, whatever the case may be. God can do that with actual people, places, things, and events. So Jesus is a new Moses as well in the, in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, just as Moses goes up the mountain, sh- comes down with the old law, which is still, the, the moral law is still in effect, by the way, the Ten Commandments. So he comes down with Ten Commandments. Well, Jesus goes up the Mount of Beatitudes, and he has, guess what, Ten Beatitudes. Oh, I thought there were eight Beatitudes. There's actually ten. There are lots of things like that in the Scriptures, and Jesus is the second Adam because he didn't give in. He fought against the dragon, the Satan. It wasn't a garden variety garden snake, by the way, wrapped around a tree like you see in some paintings. This was a fearsome dragon. In Hebrew, he's called the Nahash. He's mentioned several times in Scripture. And in the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, he is the great dragon, the ancient serpent who deceived the whole world. Now, that puts a whole new spin on his words to Adam and Eve. You know, eat the fruit and you will not die. In other words, if you don't eat it, I'll kill you. That's what Scott Hahn suggests. Maybe that's what really was going on. And Adam, very cowardly, refused to defend his bride, fight against the dragon. He wasn't doing his job. How did the dragon, how did the serpent get into the garden in the first place? Adam's job was to keep the garden, to guard the garden. While he fell asleep on the job, the serpent gets in, tempts Eve. She goes for it. Adam does too. He's no better. They start the blame game. God says, what happened? Where are you? What are you doing? He knows the answers to these questions. He's just trying to get them to make the first confession in human history. And Adam says, the woman that you gave me. In other words, it's her fault, but really it's your fault, God, because you set this whole thing up. Uh, she, she gave me the fruit, so I ate it. All right, so I'm absolved. No, you're not. No, not, not at all. And so this Jesus, in fact, succeeds in every way that Adam fails. He does enter into mortal combat with the serpent, not in the Garden of Eden, but at a different tree, the tree of the real tree of life, the cross, where he defeats, he wins by losing. He wins by dying, by giving his life for his bride, the church. And so there's so many things we could say about that, but that doesn't mean that Jesus is Adam reincarnated. Not, not at all. 
but this is typology because God always works the same way. God is the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what it says in the letter to the Hebrews. So God always does things in salvation history through the various covenants that he makes the same way. As Mark Twain once said, history may not always repeat itself, but boy, it sure does rhyme. It sure does rhyme. And that's certainly the case in God's economy. What about this question of reincarnation? Is there such a thing as Catholic reincarnation? Did the Catholic Church ever teach this? That's what our listener Gary uh, asked me today. Well, let me try to answer this. Here's what the early church actually thought about this. Now, the reason why some people think that the church actually taught this, in recent times, this goes back to none other than the actress Shirley MacLaine. You remember her, right? She had some pretty strange views. She was part of the New Age movement. And this is what she said in a book that she wrote called Out on a Limb. She certainly was out on a limb. Uh, out to lunch as well, I would say. And uh, she certainly is probably sawing off the very limb she's sitting on. But in her book, Out on a Limb, uh, she said this, quote, The theory of reincarnation is recorded in the Bible. But the proper interpretations were struck from the Bible during an ecumenical council meeting of the Catholic Church in Constantinople sometime around A.D. 553, which was called the Council of Nicaea, end of quote. Okay, so the eminent church historian Shirley MacLaine. Okay, she, she's a little bit confused about this, so she's, she's been misinformed. Let's uh, disabuse her and her followers of this notion. Well, first of all, She's conflating a whole bunch of things. There was no Council of Nicaea in A.D. 553. And the Council of Nicaea certainly didn't take place in Constantinople. Okay? <laughs> uh, so, by the way, a lot of people don't, don't know this, but there were actually, we've heard of the Council of Nicaea. That's where the Nicene Creed comes from. We say it very often at Mass. But, but there was actually two Councils of Nicaea. A lot of people don't know this. There is one in our friend Steve Weidenkopf, church historian. He would know this for sure. He's probably listening right now. But there's, of course, that council in, in A.D. 325. But there's another one. There's another one in 787 A.D. But in neither one of those councils of Nicaea was reincarnation ever talked about. Now, Shirley MacLaine mentioned the year A.D. 553. Something did take place in Constantinople in A.D. 553, but it was actually the second ecumenical council of Constantinople. But, by the way, if you look at the records from that council, reincarnation didn't come up as a topic there either. In fact, none of the councils talked about it. And according to, uh, according to Catholic Answers, they, they did some research on this, that the closest that the second council of uh, Constantinople came to talking about reincarnation, they didn't mention it, but they did condemn the writings of someone named Origen. Now, Origen was a very influential figure in the early church. And he did say some things that were a little bit off base, but not everything he said was bad. In fact, Pope Benedict XVI loves this guy. And he, he actually did a general audience talk about him uh, when he was Pope. And so you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater in this case. Origen actually has said some really cool stuff, but uh, he wasn't canonized. He's not considered a saint. And that's probably because some of his teaching was, well, he might've been confused about some things himself. So Origen basically, this is, this is why some people think that the early church did talk about reincarnation. It's because of Origen, because he actually thought that souls pre-existed in heaven before they came to earth. 
Whereas we would say that the human soul is created at the very moment of conception. God infuses the immortal soul. But he actually thought, and some others did too, that souls pre-existed in heaven before they would find bodies. So people in the New Age movement, they actually kind of think this, this is reincarnation. They confuse it with reincarnation, and they think that Origen believed in this. But actually, Origen himself, although he did believe in pre-existence of souls, he actually, he actually condemned the idea of reincarnation. He was actually one of the strongest guys against it. He thought that idea was nuts because people in the ancient world, as well as in the modern world, believed in reincarnation. So, by the way, where did Shirley MacLaine get this idea from? Well, it's it's in all likelihood something she got from another book that was quite popular in the 1970s, a book called Reincarnation in Christianity. And that was written by somebody named Geddes McGregor. And this guy, in his book, he says that, well, Origen supports reincarnation, but, but his teachings on this were suppressed. But he has no evidence for, for what he says in the book, and he actually says that in the book. You know, hey, I'm convinced that Origen taught reincarnation. I have no evidence for this, but I'm going to say it anyways. You sort of have to prove these things, okay? You can't just say, well, okay, I believe it. Okay, well, I guess I should believe it too, just because you said that. Well, so many church fathers wrote against this concept of reincarnation, and this took place all of this took place before the Council of Nicaea. Irenaeus, one of the great apologists of the early church, he wrote about, uh, about this in his book Against the Heresies or Against the False Teachings. And he wrote this in 189 AD in the second century, way before the Council of Nicaea. Tertullian. Tertullian said some really funny stuff. There's some great stuff in the Church Fathers. Um, Carl Keating always said that the church fathers are the most dangerous men in Christianity because when you actually look at what the early church taught, they didn't teach Protestant doctrines. They taught Catholicism. And so we see it in this case. Let's look at what Tertullian says, an early church writer. He says, quote, Come now, if some philosopher affirms, as does Liberius, following an opinion of Pythagoras. Now, you've heard of Pythagoras, right? Remember the Pythagorean theorem? Did you learn that in school? Yeah, that was always kind of complicated. Well, Pythagoras also thought that reincarnation was true. And here's what Pythagoras said, that a man may have his origin from a mule, a serpent may have his origin from a woman, and with skill of speech, he twists every argument to prove his view. This is Tertullian talking. Will he not gain an acceptance for it among the pagans and work in some conviction that people should abstain from eating animal food? May anyone have the persuasion that he should abstain lest by chance in his beef he eats some ancestor of his. Okay, so it's kind of funny. This is hilarious stuff by, from Tertullian. So he's basically saying Pythagoras, well, the Pythagorean theorem might be cool, but his theorem about reincarnation is way off base. Come on now. So really, you shouldn't be eating anything. You shouldn't have a hamburger because you might be eating your 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 grand great-great-grandfather here because he's been reincarnated as a cow. Come on, this is ridiculous. What, and Tertullian basically says, how can people believe this stuff, but they can't believe in the resurrection? They can't believe that a man, and he talks about this guy, I don't know whether there's an actual guy or not, named Gaius. He says, okay, if a Christian, if a Catholic Christian promises the return of a man from a man, the actual Gaius is resurrected again as Gaius, they won't listen to this theory, but they'll listen to reincarnation. How does that make any sense? How is resurrection harder to believe than this? It doesn't make any sense. If you can believe that you can, uh, souls can move to and fro out, out of human bodies into different bodies, animal bodies, and back again, 
Well, then why can't souls go back into the very body that they left behind? And why can't that body be resurrected? So that's Tertullian. He said that in his apology. He wasn't apologizing for being a Catholic. It means a defense of the faith. He said that in A.D. 197 in apology number 48. Well, let's let's talk about real quickly this guy Origen, who some people think taught reincarnation, but he didn't. In fact, he was stridently against it. And he talks about the well-known case in the Gospel of Matthew where John the Baptist, people came to John the Baptist and they say, hey, are you Elijah? Are you the prophet Elijah? And John says, nope, I'm not. I'm not him. But hang on here. Jesus said, also in the Gospel, uh, he says, Hey, if you will, if anyone will listen to this, John the Baptist is Elijah, who was to come. Well, hang on here. Why is John the Baptist saying, I'm not Elijah, but Jesus says he is? Okay. And Origen says, all right, people take these words of Jesus and they say, Jesus taught reincarnation. Uh, you know, maybe John forgot that he used to be the prophet Elijah in a former life. That is not what's going on here. And so he's talk, Jesus is talking about the spirit and power of Elijah resting on John. That's not, he, it, this isn't Elijah reincarnated as John. And by the way, don't forget, don't forget Herod. And, and Origen talked about this in his writings as well. Herod actually kind of believed in reincarnation because when he heard about Jesus, he thought, oh my gosh, John the Baptist has come back from the dead. He's coming to get me. I had, him, I had his head chopped off. That was stupid. I shouldn't have given in to my wife. That was ridiculous. Oh, Herodias, oh man, the vengeance has come upon me. So he actually thought Jesus was John back from the dead. So he kind of, I guess, believed in reincarnation in a certain sense, but obviously that wasn't the case. Jesus is obviously a different person, a divine person. So Origen talks all about this in his commentary on the Gospel of Matthew, which he wrote in AD 248, way before the Council of Nicaea. So here's an actual quote from Origen. He says, in this place, in the gospel, when Jesus said Elijah had come, and he was talking about John the Baptist, it does not appear to me that this is about the doctrine of transmigration. That's another way of saying re- reincarnation. This is foreign to the church of God. It is not handed down by the apostles. It is nowhere set forth in the scriptures. End of quote. Lactantius, Lactantius, uh, another early church writer writing in AD 317, really close to the Council of Nicaea. He says, hey, talking about Pythagoras, Pythagoras. He says, what about Pythagoras? He was first called a philosopher. He thought that souls were immortal, but that they passed into other bodies, cattle, birds, or beasts. Would it not have been better that those souls be destroyed together with their bodies than to be condemned to pass into the bodies of other animals? Would it not be better to not exist at all than having had the form of a man to live again as a swine or as a dog. And anyway, so he t- then he talks about this other guy who thought he was, uh, oh, I, I, I'm the reincarnation of a guy who fought in the Trojan War. Pythagoras himself thought he fought in the Trojan War and, eventually, and had become an animal at some point in history and then became himself the philosopher Pythagoras. Okay, that is nonsense. Ambrose of Milan, the great teacher of St. Augustine, he says, quote, it is a cause for wonder that though the pagans, the heathens, say that souls pass and migrate into other bodies, but let those who have not been taught doubt the resurrection. Us who have read the law, the prophets, the apostles, and the gospel, it is not lawful to doubt. Okay, so we can't doubt the resurrection. And that's that's the, the bottom line here. 
the reason why, one of the reasons why reincarnation is impossible is because of the resurrection of the body. We, God is going to raise our bodies from the sleep of death, reunite them with our eternal souls on the last day. So you will always be you. You're never going to be somebody else. You're never going to come back as uh, an animal or another person. No, reincarnation is not possible. And that's, again, this adds to the drama of life. Your choices really matter. This is your one shot. You don't get to come back in another life if you mess it up. So our choices really matter. And, and again, Ambrose of Milan says the same thing. People, Why do people believe in this? They find it hard to believe in resurrection, but they believe in this. This this is ridiculous. We actually have proof of the resurrection because of the resurrection of Jesus. I'll just give you one more because it's kind of a funny joke. The early church fathers had a sense of humor. St. Basil the Great, he said, Avoid the nonsense of these arrogant philosophers who do not blush to liken their soul to that of a dog, who say that they themselves have formerly been women, shrubs, or a fish. Have they ever been fish? I don't know, but I do not fear to affirm that in their writings... They show less sense than fish. You know, I don't know if they think they've been a fish in a previous life, but man, their brains are about as big as that of a fish, and I can tell that by their writing. So, no, so the bottom line is the early church never taught reincarnation. It wasn't thrown out at the Council of Nicaea. It's not something the early Christians believe. There's no evidence of this whatsoever. So, Gary, thank you for that question. A lot of people would have said, oh, this, why is he even asking this? But this is a thing that people say. It's not true. Like what you've just heard? Share it with your family and friends. And thanks for listening. 